0: and load. This is Steve Dace. The
1: Steve Dace Show.
2: Happy Monday, ladies and gentlemen. No, it is not Steve Dace again. You're stuck with us for one more day. I am Sarah Gonzalez here With my friend, Jason Buttrell. Happy Veterans Day, Jason.
1: Thank you very much.
2: Thank you for your service.
1: Appreciate that. Yeah. I tell you what, we were talking off air just a little bit ago. It's like the weather in Texas is going to be insane tonight.
2: It's it's already getting disgusting. I guess
1: everywhere. Right, that's like I the, don't know. the entire country. I don't
2: pay I mean, attention to the rest of the country, just because they don't matter. It's uh, just, just Texas weather I'm worried about. <laughs> but I got out of my car and I almost couldn't make it in the building. The wind almost blew me away.
1: It's going to be insane, and gross. For, especially for Veterans Day because we always go out to eat every every uh, every night for Veterans Day. As you should, because people are insanely cool on Veterans Day to veterans. As they should be. Last last year, we went to Texas Day Brazil. Give them a major call out right now because I'm not sure if they're doing it this year, but last year. It's like a $60 meal. You yeah, and we, let's
2: t- tell them what Texas Day Brazil is, in case they don't know. It's, it's a Brazilian like steakhouse. Brazilian steakhouse, yeah. You like. All you can eat meat.
1: You have that little coaster, mm-hmm. yeah, where you flip it over, red and blue, whatever. and uh, Or red and green, whatever. Yeah. I'm red, green, colorblind, so that's probably why I always <laughs> It's I have like red, a mound red and green. of meat on them. I'm like, dude, they will not stop. And my wife was <laughs> like, because you have it on the green. <laughs> um, but yeah, $60 value, nonstop meat, and it, it was free. Absolutely free. So, tonight we're going to Golden Corral. So, if you're That's, in DFW, a uh, bunch of families are going to be at the Golden Corral.
2: You, but, you, okay, so you're talking about Texas State, Brazil last year, which is a, like an insanely good meal. And now you're downgrading to Golden Corral? Which brings me to my life hack,
1: Sarah Gonzalez. This Come is on. Everyone, check this out. All right, so this is a major, major life hack. Now, I'm just going in full in with the dinner tonight, which is the upgraded, you know, Golden Corral uh, portion. So, it's more expensive. This is what you do. They start at four, right, for dinner. So you roll in at three forty five. What? Roll in at three forty five. Don't go get a salad, just eat just pick on the salad. Now at four o'clock, they roll out the steak. And you can uh. get a full size steak and it's dang good for like whatever, like was seven dollars or six dollars or whatever. It's awesome.
2: It's good. I don't wanna know what cut that meat actually is there's no um six dollars me meat, steak dinner jason <laughs> Jason, come on. That, I mean, you, I could also argue that I always would like to go to McDonald's to get the dollar cheeseburger because who cares? It's a dollar.
1: We do that.
2: Uh, <laughs> we do that all that the time. That doesn't make it good.
1: We come, so like I, I'm, a, I'm some military family. And so when you're a military family, you get paid nothing. And then when you first get out of the military, it's really hard. That's one of the hard things about veterans. It's hard for them to find jobs afterwards. Mm-hmm. So you live on pennies. And it's hilarious, these little things that you find, you know, so that, you know, you, you can pre- kind of pretend that you're living a larger lifestyle yeah, or something like yeah. that. Things like my Golden Corral Life Hack mm-hmm. or, you know, the uh, the meatloaf uh, dinners that can last, you know, 14 days straight because you buy it all in bulk and then you mix it with things and spread it out. What? Oh, yeah.
2: Cooked meatloaf oh, yeah. for 14 days. Yeah. That's not... That is not uh, advisable. <laughs> me- that is not advisable, folks. Let do not, sh- <laughs> unless you want some sort of terrible, terrible food poisoning. <laughs> I do not advise that you eat meat that has already been cooked for fourteen days.
1: I'm going to share the butchel cookbook with you. It's like it's very, very hush hush. But
2: there's something about you men that you <laughs> always, you always go over the line when it comes to cooked meat, and when you're supposed to toss it out, and you guys just Keep eating it. My husband is the same way. He'll be like, I just cooked. I mean, I, yeah, I cooked this chicken uh, a week and a half ago. It's still good. I'm going to eat it. And I'm like, have fun with that. I'm going to find something else because I don't care to make myself ill.
1: I don't think that there's ever a moment where you throw out meat. Is there?
2: <laughs> uh, yeah. When you don't want to get sick, Jason. It's called
1: bacteria. I don't know. Yeah. My family's kind of like we're like goats. Pretty much eat anything. No one ever. Gets I'm sure your it. wife will appreciate that. <laughs> Don't listen that description. Listen. Do not. Oh. Uh, all
2: right, we got a lot to get into today, including you know we will get to all of the impeachment stuff, impeachment 2019 going on. You know, it's it's going to be a spectacle this week, so we will be sure to get into it. Uh, you can call us 888 900 3393. One of these days, I'm going to actually remember that phone number. <laughs> you can also tweet us because who are we kidding? You're not going to call. Everyone's antisocial these days. You don't want to get on the phone and actually speak words. You want to tweet us. So we are hashtag the fill-ins. I am at Sarah Gonzalez TX. Jason is at Jason Buttrell. Um, across all platforms, I believe, you're still on Instagram, aren't you? Even though you never post anything, Jason?
1: Yeah, I do. I've, tr- I, I've messed with that and maybe I'm just old. But yeah, I, c- I can't that is what it is. I don't understand the purpose of Instagram. Um, pictures, But you can put pictures on Twitter. Yeah, but they don't do
2: as well because people want to read your tweets.
1: See, But you can still they still have the comment section on Instagram, which is basically mm-hmm. the same thing as Twitter. Mm. It's all the same thing.
2: Yeah, but Instagram is just more geared for just pictures only. Maybe you don't have some sort of like insightful comment that you want to make with your picture. You just want to post a selfie. That's what Instagram is for.
1: Yeah, I, I see your mouth moving, but I do not understand a lick of what's coming out of it. it.
2: figures. But
1: it figures. don't feel bad because everybody else has seen that dull look on my face when they try to explain this to me. I literally cannot figure it out. So I'm like, oh,
2: it's also for food. A lot of people like to post <laughs> their their food pictures on Instagram.
1: That's weird, right? It is a little bit weird. Actually, my wife does that, too. She takes a picture every time we go out to eat. She's like,
2: oh, look at that. Look how cute what, that is. What, do you is. never take her out to eat? Like, yeah. <laughs> every time? Every time. <laughs> we go to McDonald's, she takes a picture of the Big Mac. I don't understand. She the, posts the, it on social media. The dollar cheeseburger.
1: Thank <laughs> you very much.
2: <laughs> um, yeah. I. Uh, oh, but oh, no, I was going to say Instagram has been doing something really weird. So I just hit um, 20,000 followers. Ooh. Posting the same. But like I'm, I've been posting the same type of content that I always post on Instagram. And over the weekend, it, like I lost a bunch of followers right after I hit 20,000. Isn't that weird? It was. It, I was posting the same type of content. Um, and then I posted a picture of myself. Uh, well, I posted a picture of myself after we were kind of dressed up for Saturday night. And then yesterday I posted a picture of of myself with a llama, like, coming at me in my face. And I said that it was the Joe Biden of llamas. <laughs> but it's the same type of content I always put out. And I feel like Instagram is, like, pulling away my followers. Weird. I feel like, it, I feel like it's a trap. So if you guys are listening and you have Instagram, let's do a test. Go follow me at Sarah Gonzalez TX. On Instagram, I want to see if I even, if if they're pulling away followers, if they're letting people follow me. Because I did hear a rumor that if you uh, get flagged for anything on Instagram, that they shadow ban you for a certain number of days. Really? Bef- yeah, before you're visible again. I don't know. But they- I do know I have seen on Twitter, and it's happened to me, and people have told me before. They're like, I know I was following you, and I just went to your page because I wasn't seeing your content, and it's, they, it's unfollowed you. But I never actually hit an, the unfollow button. That's shady. And I've had that happen to me, too.
1: I don't yeah that's shady. I on Twitter, I will have like these massive like I'll 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 tweet something out very positive. This is hilarious about, mm-hmm. you know, just the s- state of play yeah. in the country right now. But I'll I'll tweet out something very positive that some of the president said or did. I'll be right. like, "Hey, that's cool. You know, right. I'm, I'm all on board with that." And then I'll get like, you know, 40 50 followers off that. Oh, I know like, what you're doing hey. with this. Then it's like literally the very next day, mm-hmm. I'll I'll tweet Wow, I cannot believe he said that. That's like so off. You know, that's not the, actually that's not the direction we should be going in. You know, please, pre- Mr. President, don't do that or say that or whatever. Yeah. Boom. Then I'll lose two hundred. Yep. I'm like literally these go yep. so back and forth. You cannot be subjective on social media. I know. Like that's like they don't want you to be. They want we can't you can't be, be objective. Be, yeah, objective. Thank yeah. you. They want you to be like completely within a silo. If you exist outside the silo, then you're. I know. But I
2: felt like my content was my normal content. There was no reason for like some mass. <laughs> Uh, You know, uh,
1: maybe, maybe you had some closeted Joe Biden fans out there and they did not like that llama.
2: I guess like, so. They were following <laughs> the wrong person. If, if, maybe I just have llama fans. They didn't appreciate me insulting the llama That's by calling was. him Joe Biden. OK, we
1: solved it. Never I'm mind. sorry. We I'm sorry it. to
2: all of you llama, llama apologists fans. out there. I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it like that. My apologies. Uh, please go back and follow me. So oh, before we move on, Michael, apparently Michael. On Twitter, has also cracked your code. He said, "I can attest to what you were saying, Jason. My friend and I went to Golden Corral around 3:50 or so. We paid for lunch, but got the dinner menu. There it is. Oh my gosh, you there guys! It is. I mean, I'm just saying there are other restaurants out there than Golden Corral.
1: Actually, and Mike, <laughs> go another tweet on this and tell us how that dang steak was, because I bet you he is probably a fan as I am. Golden Corral, man. It's like a secret. I mean,
2: how is it even? Co- it, there's no way it's like tender. Oh, dude.
1: They will cook flavorful. it flavorful. They cook it to order. So, like, there'll be the dude back there on the, on the grill He'll be like, kind what of do you want? Is it, though?
2: What is it? Like a New York strip?
1: I don't know. You don't know. It's it's a part of the cow, which it, it tastes <laughs> tasty. I, and I'm all about it. <laughs>
2: Yeah, Michael, let us know uh how gross. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, how delicious the uh, the steak is over at Golden Corral.
1: <laughs> I'm sure they Why do say it that way? Cook
2: it to perfection, I'm sure. Uh today's show not sponsored by Golden Corral. <laughs> but it should be. <laughs> All right. So, I was uh, I was looking at Twitter this morning, and I have kind of a, an exercise that I would like for you, Jason, because you have not seen this, and Ooh. the viewers and the listeners to uh, to do with me because I was kind of torn on this one. Um, so apparently, Bart riders, and if you don't know what Bart is, it is the the transit of San Francisco in California. It's the you know the subway. If if you'd what what you would call it. I forget what the B actually stands for. Someone tweet in and tell me what what it is. But it's the uh the rapid oh thank you. Bay Area. Thank you, Ron. Bay Area Rapid Transit system. Um The writers have have held a lunchtime eat-in protest after a man <laughs> was detained for eating a sandwich on the platform. Now there's video of this, so apparently. It is against state law to eat or drink on the platform station while you're waiting for the the BART rail. But there are food vendors and drink vendors inside the station that will sell you hot sandwiches, hot coffee. They're selling you all of this food and people eat there all the time because why the hell else are you going to have food vendors inside the station? If it's like that's like if you in the airport they had Chick Fil A and Starbucks and all these these vendors that you could go get food from, but you were not allowed to eat it in the airport so, or on the plane. So, like, was what he, is the point?
1: Was his food brought in, or was it was it paid? he bought it?
2: He paid for it
1: there in the he
2: paid for it in the station. Okay, he paid for it in the station, and he had an officer detain him, detain him, um, because he was actually eating in the station. So um, we have a video that we're that we will play for for a second. But I mean, first of all, you think about all of the problems plaguing California, specifically the San Francisco area where the story is. You got poop in the streets. All right. You got people uh, leaving because the homeless, uh, you know, the homeless community and the, the all of the needles all over the place. So you can't, you know, you got people who are like, we can't live here anymore because we're tired of walking around a street with needles. The needles, and, which
1: you can legally shoot up and use at their facilities that they have set up.
2: But you can't eat a sandwich right. in the, the bus station, in the subway station.
1: Yeah.
2: Makes no sense. Makes no sense whatsoever. Um so, you know, you think about all of these problems that are plaguing this place. And yet You've got officers who are making sure people don't eat. I mean, they're, they're, they're patrons. Like, they're supporting small businesses in San Francisco, which should be pretty crucial right now, considering, again, how many people. There's like a mass exodus um, of California, which we'll get into later. But there's a max S exodus of people because San Francisco is so horribly run right now. And we're going to concentrate on someone eating a sandwich that they paid for on in the subway station.
1: It's funny. I, I watched this YouTube uh, channel from a guy named Wes Watson. And he's like this big, like, you know, huge former convict. He just got out of prison. Yeah. And uh, he always talks about, like, he did, like breaks down, like, the rules of prison. So he talks. It was really interesting. I started watching him when, when, when the Epstein stuff came out. And uh, he was all talking about how... When you first show up to prison, you have to show you what they call you like your paperwork, and that's basically your charge list. And uh, when you show them your charge list, that's why they know that you're not a pedophile or or whatever. If you are, they'll kill you or a rapist, they'll kill you. But you can imagine what this guy's charge list, if he ever goes to prison, yeah, it'll be on there and it'll be like, you know, they'll be showing their paperwork and one like yeah, armed robbery. Okay, you're tough. You're in the club. Right. I was charged and arrested with eating. Yeah. (laughs) With eating. (laughs) Okay. I mean dude you're I'm
2: so glad you weren't drinking too who hey. knows how long you'd be locked up if you were eating and drinking coffee <laughs> I mean, who knows? You'd be in there for years. You'd be in there with the child molesters over there. I mean, it's absolutely insane. Absolutely so apparently true. we're having technical difficulties with this uh this video that I asked for. But um so Bart writers, um, we'll play it here in a little bit if we can uh if we can get a handle on it. But Bart Writers are holding or held yesterday a lunchtime eat in protest, which I I think good. Go for it. Because now, while I I understand That if it's a law on the books, yes, you can say like, well, the officer has every right to, you know, enforce a law that's on the books, but it's just kind of like. Really, dude, you don't have anything better to do than to harass a man for eating a, a damn sandwich.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll consider there are laws like that, I think, all over the country that, that especially yes. sheriffs. Yes. We're like, look, this is stupid. I'm not enforcing it. Like yes. a lot a lot of a lot of us that grew up in like some of these small towns in Texas. Yes. Like, uh, you know, if, if if there's if there's a kid that's over 18, but under 21, usually they're not going to be cited if they're caught drinking a beer. That's just usually how it is. Or if they're out in a field, you know, like we all know about those field parties. I don't know though, man. Cops when I was in college,
2: I, almost everyone I knew got an MIP
1: in college. Got a, yeah, a minor. So I think, possession. So I, think
2: col- I think college towns can. A bit should different. they be an outlier? Right? Like they they're not part of your what yeah. you're saying.
1: And and, and you also got to get that under control because like those kids go crazy. Right. 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 But this was like I remember they they'd have these like field parties and like the sheriffs knew they were there. They would uh, they would actually. When they were leaving, the sheriffs would make sure that they weren't driving and they weren't drunk, but they wouldn't do anything to them. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like because all these this abundance of laws made us into it. From, it's, you feel like you're not in a, You're not free. You're not. Right. There, there is no freedom there. Right. And those abund- those stupid laws that are just redundant or just pointless, they just don't they don't enforce them. But look yeah. at the source of where they're at. Like if you're in New York where the, it's it, that is their that's their ethos is big government. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And we will ground you into submission. They're going to enforce these laws. Yeah. San Francisco's a carbon copy of that. Yep. It's exactly the same thing. Yep. Yep. What, what's weird is when you check their, they, they won't enforce the laws if it's like something, you know, there's some group that they want to leverage somehow for political purposes. Yeah. You know, like the, like the homeless situation or whatever. They, they're not going to enforce certain laws, laws like that because they want to leverage it for something. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just the way it is. I don't think that, so this cop, I can totally see him, I haven't seen the video Mm-hmm. But he's definitely within his rights, you know, to do something ridiculous.
2: Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, and th- but that's the thing is like, j- I like to um, often live by the motto, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Right? Like, it's like, okay, I get it. It is, you know, within your jurisdiction to cite this guy, give him a citation because he was eating, you know, but. Should you? Is that really, really uh, an efficient use of your time? So um, I want to go ahead. I think that we're ready to to play this video. So Jason, I want you to watch this. Now, you know, the guy is understandably annoyed because you got to put yourself into his head. He's like, I'm trying to go to work and I'm eating a sandwich, which I do every single day. And now you're detaining me. I'm just trying to go to work. Um, so let's watch this interaction, and I want to know, Jason, what you think, and also uh, listeners and viewers, what your thoughts are on how this was handled on both sides. Watch. Bro, let my f*** You my are detained,
0: and you're let not f- out. Let f- f- know, bro. You come up here and f*** with me. You single me out <laughs> out of all these people. You're eating. Bro, so what? It's against the law. So what? I tried it to It'll be dumb on Let my f*** it's well, a bro, violation of California law. I have the right to detain you. <laughs> no, you don't. Yes, I do. Can so you please let my backpack go? Are you going to cooperate? Yeah,
1: we're. So wait, are you cooperating with
0: me with I'm You're going to go to jail. I'm not going to jail for any f***ing down so with it. No. So he's or holding onto his backpack. I'm not resisting arrest. You are resisting arrest. I right haven't done anything he wrong. I haven't done nothing wrong. I've done nothing wrong. You can argue that I've done that nothing wrong. I've done nothing wrong. Let my bag go. Just what? Let my bag go, bro. What are you? what is this doing yeah,
2: bro you back calling out bro up, bro, up. up stop
0: I'm, I'm stop. not doing nothing I'm going to be my own bro I do this every morning every morning bro Let my back though
2: yeah why is there a store down yeah, there store downstairs selling food if we're not allowed to eat up here yeah. Great question
0: why there's a store down there and, the and doesn't
2: it not say on there's no signs here that mark that we true. can't eat on platform Where where is there a sign up here that says we can't eat on the platform Where is there a sign up here Where is there a sign up here, there a
0: sign up here? That's excuse, that's there. excuse me Where is a sign up here that says that we can't eat on the platform We that we can't eat on the train People come up here and eat every day. Drinking coffee and all My bad bro Is You ain't got no bro you ain't got no bro you ain't got no cause Right. let go on my bag. Yeah, you are detained and you're not free to Stop. go. I'm not okay? detained. you have to nothing wrong. I've done nothing Stop. wrong. You are detained. A single you're you're in jail. to what? Jail, for jail, my man? Detained for what? You're, for going, to oh, what you you're going to jail. It's illegal. It's a violation of California law. You've already said that. Mmm. Yeah. Mmm. I do every morning, bro. Watch out. Just trying to go to work. Trying to go to work, eating a sandwich at eight o'clock in the morning. Bro, you, let my dad do you go. want to cooperate or not? I've been standing
2: here. I went not f- Let my. I asked
1: you for. I got no ID. ID. Okay.
2: Okay. Yeah, no, okay. Right. I asked you for ID. You don't need my
1: ID. I did. right. I've done nothing wrong. Does it get any more violent after this? No. Okay, so, no.
2: No. That was it.
1: I feel so sorry for that cop.
2: <sighs> I just have. I have mixed feelings. See, Jason, I'm just so compassionate. That I feel for all parties involved. Because I do. I'm like, okay, the cop's just trying to do his job, whatever. But then I'm like, but the guy's just trying to eat a sandwich on the way to work. Yeah. And you've got a cop pulling on his backpack, holding on to his backpack. Because he's telling him, you're in trouble. And I'm going to throw you in jail. Because... You're resisting arrest over eating a sandwich. I'd be pissed off too.
1: Yeah, but but the guy, but the the person, the the guy was mouthing off so hardcore
2: because he just he, he had an officer detaining him for
1: eating a sandwich. But that is the law. He said he kept saying I did nothing wrong, but he did though. I know because I know. of a ridiculous law. I know but this is why. So you
2: progression- know who he should blame? California Democrats who passed the damn law. Yes. Exactly. They, I get it's, that.
1: It's not only, what what they do is not only economically dangerous and, and socially and culturally dangerous, but it's dangerous to people like law enforcement officers. Yeah. Like, like that poor guy, I guarantee you, when he read this ordinance, he was like, man, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> I don't, why? Like, like I, I don't want to be this guy. Yes,
2: but law enforcement officers turn turn their heads every single day because they don't want to be that guy. Right? So- I mean, I would have a hard time believing that San Francisco, you know, uh, BART department or whatever, the, the police BART department um, is like, well, okay, you guys, all right, you got to crack down on the eating. I want to see no less than 10 citations per day on the eating and the drinking in the BART station. Like, yeah. you know that that's not happening. So oh, why but- can't he just turn the other way and let the, the guy eat his sandwich? And I full, fully believe, that there were tons of people eating on that station because, like they said, like you can you can buy food there once you get like once you get in there you can buy food there. So why single out this guy?
1: Yeah, I, I didn't see anybody else eating or walk, walking around eating in, in the video. But th- well, that's not there, there was no not, one else but.
2: there in in that video. I think because they, he had kind of isolated him into a corner. But th- I mean, th- that's why all of these people protested. They stood there and they ate in the BART station because they were like, we eat here all the time and nobody says anything about it. You're going to give this guy a hard time because why? Now, of course, Mark Lamont Hill and all of these Black Lives Matter people are like, oh, it's because he's black.
1: Yeah, I'm sure that was the case. Like he kept saying, why are you single me singling me out? Almost trying to make it a racial issue right from the get go. And he's like, because you're the one eating like I like I don't if I was this cop. I would have done the same thing and would have said, "Because of this stupid law, I have to enforce it." You know what I mean? I guarantee that's what he's thinking because he's Mm -hmm. standing there. He wasn't being aggressive or anything, but like, what else is he? He was grabbing a hold of the guy's backpack because the guy was being like a dork. I mean, he was being a douche.
2: Can can the cop? Can the cop though grab your backpack like that?
1: I mean, if if he's that's when that's when you're being detained, held there against your will. Like if he says, but why not not handcuff him? He could do that too. Could he? Could it just
2: seemed weird. It's it. It seems like a gray area if you're if you've got a. It's like he just had a little finger. He had his finger hooked around the loop of the backpack, and he wouldn't let go. And he says, "Well, you're being detained." Well, then, yeah.
1: Well, not not necessarily th- because I've been detained personally also mm-hmm. by a cop, but he just set me down on the curb, right? And right. said, "I'm detaining you until we figure this out."
2: But that's why. So I've seen that, and I've seen the handcuffs. I mean, it's the guy wasn't trying to run, right? Like if he wanted to yank his backpack away, he could have yanked his backpack away and took off. I think he's he was standing there. So I don't know. It I just, just it just seemed it just seemed I unnecessary. S- to what,
1: me. I, what I saw. Yes. But the law is unnecessary. Right. And I didn't see anything bad on the cops uh, perspective. Like he wasn't overly aggressive. He was he was basically standing there and being very, very like, I don't know how you describe it. Like, he, 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 I just, he could have just just been a like, more forceful I if just he wanted lo- to. Because they were just, like yelling at him the entire time. I just, just loved.
2: I just loved. They were like. So I didn't do anything wrong. Yes, you did. What? You were eating.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) ridiculous. Stupid are you, San Francisco? So ridiculous. How stupid are you? But that's how that could have gotten a lot more escalated. That's dangerous for that cop to have to enforce this stupid law. That's the the bigger Uh, thing here. The more stupid laws you put on and you expect law enforcement officers to have to enforce them. They don't want to. Yeah. There's no way he wanted to enforce that. Yeah. But it makes it dangerous for them. One day there will be a person that's a lot more aggressive. And he'll be like, OK, you want to arrest me for eating, you know, and then he'll haul off and hit the cop or something right. like that.
2: Well, Kyle on uh, on Twitter just pointed out San- a sanctuary city that chooses to ignore immigration law, unwilling to ignore questionable food ingestion <laughs> legislation. That's a great point. <laughs> it's like so we're picking and choosing which laws we choose to turn the other way on and which laws we don't, which, you know, goes to my point of like, come on, like the co- the cop probably there's probably homeless people around there pooping or peeing all over the place. You can't maybe just go focus on that. You got to tell the guy who's eating a sandwich on his way to work that he deserves a citation. Give me a break already. I know that you, that he they have the discretion to pick and choose what uh what they want to enforce and what they don't. Um but that's San Francisco, man. San Francisco. We've got a uh, Who's who's this? Who's this person who just won the the DA race?
1: This is insane. This is something that we were warning. I was warning people about on your show. Like, what was this? That was over a couple months ago mm-hmm. or something like that. But Chesa Boudin is young. He's, he's young. I'm not sure how. Oh, he's 39, so he's not as young <laughs> as I thought. But um, <laughs> Chesa Boudin is now he won. So younger than Jason, a little bit. <laughs> so, <laughs> shut up. See, <laughs> so, you know, Chesa Boudin just won. Uh, he's now the DA in San Francisco. And this guy is a Marxist. He's a, he's a self-declared Marxist, doesn't hide from that. He is a Marxist. His parents were the weather underground terrorists that killed the uh, Brinks' uh, where they, it was armor car uh, way back in, what was that, the 60s? Oh, good people. Yeah, so great people. Good people. Uh, his, but his parents are terrorists, but I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to say, okay, I'm not going to condemn this guy for the sins of his parents. But he believes exactly what his parents believed. He is a Marxist. He his godfather is Bill Ayers, and uh, was a, What's what's uh, Bill Ayers' wife's name? Bernadette. Uh, Bernadette Dorn? Dorn. Bernadette Dorn. Those are his godparents. So he grew up and learned an apprentice under Bernadine them. Dorn. Bernadine. There we go. And uh, I I just. Uh, I'm. I'm seeing some scary, scary things going on, especially with the district attorney, uh, district attorney, and attorney general races all over the country. There's a serious and there might be a special in that coming soon on the Glenn Beck program. I'm just saying, but um, no one ever pays attention to who's running for the DA. How many times do you say, "Hey Sarah, have you been watching that riveting DA race that's going to happen next week?" No, no one ever says that.
0: Mm-hmm. No one cares.
1: They either don't vote or or just check the box for like all. You know, right. Whatever. All, okay.
2: all Democrats are all Republicans. Right. So yeah.
1: if you're you're probably a Democrat if you're in San Francisco, you're not really looking at who the DA is. He mm-hmm. runs runs as a Democrat, but he's a hardcore Marxist, and they just elected the guy just because just because. Yeah. I and mean, that's probably how these people get elected. But um, no. I mean, there's a serious infiltration of the criminal justice system that's going on within a, a certain group of you know people like George Soros are funder, funding a lot of these district attorneys. But the question is like, why? Why? Like, what are they trying to do? You look, the, more t- the more you look at that and try to explain it, you see, like, the things that they're proposing, like, you might see AOC proposing, or anyone in the squad propose, like, in the national level, Green New Deal, uh, you know, uh, What's another one? Like sanctuary, Mm -hmm. you know, state Mm -hmm. type stuff, open open border policies. Or the Equality Act, stuff like that. They're not going to get that stuff done at the national level. Right. So what they've decided to do is to buy these DA races, these small-time DA races, infiltrate the criminal justice system, and then they'll, at the state, at the county, uh, city, and state level, they can get anything done, whatever they want. Just go state by state. They can, uh, like New Mexico just approved a Green New Deal uh, initiative. So they're just going to do it all on their own. Mm -hmm. Equality Act stuff. uh, this stuff's scary, and people need to start paying attention to it.
2: They do. Well, and I want to, when we come back, I want to get into a couple things that this, uh, this new DA is not going to prosecute anymore. Oh, god, It's going to blow your mind. California, get with it. Come on, you guys. Come on, man. Welcome back to the Steve Dace Show. I am, of course, Sarah Gonzalez, filling in with my veteran friend. Again, happy, happiest of veterans' days to my friend Jason Buttrell. Jason, is it is it weird? Real talk for a second. Yeah. Is it is it does it make you uncomfortable for people to wish you a happy Veterans Day? No.
1: Okay. No, no, no. It,
2: uh, I know because some people get very, very touchy about it, and I'm like, "I don't know how else to sh- I mean I want to show appreciation.
1: yeah, well, there's, there's some I, I i don't I can't speak for all veterans, but uh for some veterans, Jason is
2: not, in fact, the veteran spokesperson of right. the
0: United
1: States. Um, for some veterans, Veterans Day quickly turns into Memorial Day for them, right, and so th- you you can get you know an uncomfortable get into an uncomfortable you know conversation. Right, but I think the majority of them, they, they. I mean, a lot of times, veterans, they, they do feel underappreciated. Um, I've never felt that way. Yeah. But um, I think a lot of times it's it's hard for them to find jobs. It's hard for them to get work outside the military. It's hard for them to get adequate like medical care because the VA sucks. Yeah. So you know, it's like a lot of them feel abandoned afterwards, and so uh, for 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 many of them, just saying a happy a happy Veterans Day could could really turn the course of you know how they were feeling. You know, mm-hmm. they could have been very depressed. You could have helped them out of that. Yeah. the It gets, it gets, it, I do ha- get annoyed with the Memorial Day stuff. Because, um,
2: when, if someone tells you happy Memorial day yeah, or something, like, that's oh, what I can't, I can't stand that. And I haven't even served. So I can't imagine how much, how annoying it is to you.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I say I've been in public places, like even at church and and they don't mean this.
2: Well, right. But they're just but, but, uninformed. Right.
1: But they'll be like, yeah, you know, it's Memorial's day. So for all the veterans out there, you know, please stand. I'm like, oh, oh like, no, I'm not standing for that. No, you know, it's like, it, it's, it gets very uncomfortable. It's like, you know, I, there's a huge difference between mm-hmm. the two, but I don't want to, I don't want I don't, I to don't like tearing it too seriously, but just, just, to, just, I think the majority of veterans have no issue at all, you know, or, and, and really appreciate saying happy veterans day, Good. but just know that for many of them, they've seen some very traumatic things. They've lost a lot of friends. So it quickly can go into a, this is more of a Memorial day for mm-hmm. me just because I'm remembering, you know, what's, yeah. what's happened in the
2: past. Well, uh, Happy Veterans Day also to my daddy, to all of you vets out there, but to my dad especially. Um, he participated in a little Veterans Day celebration at my son's school today. Oh, and, cool! Yeah, they came into town and he did that, and I sent in his Navy picture from like 1972. Nice. So, uh, yeah, it was it was uh, it was really special. So, Happy Veterans Day, Dad.
1: I did that for one of my sons. Like, uh, they had some like choir thing or something. This was yeah. like several years ago it was elementary school. And uh, they were doing especially for the veterans. It was on Veterans Day, so they they did this one thing where they're like, "Yeah, we want all the you know all the parents out there that were in the different armed forces." And so they kind of like hummed or sang some of their their song. Oh, they mm-hmm. sang the, the 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 song, the official songs for the for the branch. Right. And as they did Aww. that, they had you walk up. You know, when, whenever Aww. you're. Yeah. And I was the only Marine in there. So like they were it singing just it. just you. It was, I was the only did you, Marine. Did you
2: like, did you, did you stroll with their swagger? You um, were like, hey, yeah, what's up? Yeah, I, it's just me. Was, or were you embarrassed?
1: Oh, I was giving everybody the, the you know, the thousand yard stare. But that's right. <laughs> but it was cool. Like my, I could tell my son was like proud. He's like yeah. the only Marine walking yeah, up there. Yeah. It was great. That's was awesome. Like, like, that a, it might mean we're kind of tough guys, but also means we're the dumbest ones in the room. So just so you know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, you can uh, tweet us using hashtag the fill ins. I'm Sarah Gonzalez, TX. Jason is at Jason Buttrell. Uh Before we get back to the state of California, ugh, and San Francisco in particular, want to tell you about real estate dot com. Um, you know, there's a lot of frustration when you go to buy or sell your home. You you don't know. Who is a good real estate agent? Who really knows the values of the homes in your area? I mean, really, how do you pick a real estate agent? You go to Google and search for real estate agents. You may hear from your friend that their sisters, brothers, pet sitters, niece actually also happens to be a real estate agent. That's not what you want to do. You end up making it really awkward when you get together with friends and family, when you use these people, and they don't end up working out you gotta go to real trust.com They make it really easy for you. Uh, they've got a a vetting system. This is Glenn's company that they've already vetted these real estate agents for you. So it's like a matchmaking system with real estate agents. They pull in the top of the top of the top. They pull in the best people. These are the experts in your area. These are the people who do it full time. They don't just dabble in it. They know the area and they are going to get you the best price uh, or sell your home. For the best price possible. You got to go to realestateagentsitrust.com. It'll take you five minutes. You fill out the form really quickly. And uh, you usually get an agent return your call within like five or ten minutes. Um, We actually, my husband and I, did this. It's like, oh, let's test it out and see if what they're saying is accurate. Oh, it was. He called us within ten minutes and it was eight o'clock at night. (laughs) So even off hours, he still returned our call. And he's been great helping us ever since. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Whether you are looking to buy or sell, they can help you, realestateagentsitrust.com. So, going back to San Francisco, Jason was talking about this, uh, how do you say it, Boudin? Boudin, yeah. Boudin. And this is the new San Francisco DA. He was going into Boudin's background. um, And, uh, you know, I mean, his mom's only serving 22 years behind bars His dad may spend the rest of his life in prison because they're all radicalists working with uh, Weather Underground. Uh, You know, he was raised by Bill Ayers and Bernadine Dorn. So, you know, no big deal there. It's totally fine. Everything's fine. Um, So Boudin has already publicly said that they will not prosecute um, public camping. So homeless people offering or soliciting sex, public urination blocking a sidewalk, et cetera. So he says that this is, it's basically criminalizing poverty and homelessness and that they are going to make sure that they uh, tackle decriminalizing what he calls poverty and homelessness. So what happens to San Francisco now? Right? Like, so they can block a sidewalk. They can set up camps wherever they'd like. Offering and soliciting sex is now not a crime, I guess. Um, so prostitutes, hey, if you are looking to make your money in prostitution, I highly suggest you go to San Francisco because they're not gonna they're not gonna arrest you for soliciting sex. You can make top dollar there with all of the you know drug addicts and homeless people, I guess. But you know, I understand it's like okay, you don't wanna you don't wanna prosecute homeless people who don't have a choice. But you, you're already tackling a problem with feces in the streets, and you already know that you've got this drug problem and this homeless problem. How is this going to help when there's absolutely no motivation for these people to, oh, I don't know, move out of the sidewalk so residents can get through?
1: So he, he was saying that he's not going to prosecute those cases, which include... You, you said uh, prostitution. They're not yes, going to. Yes, correct. Okay, so, so what's crazy is those And things, he calls
2: these quality of life crimes. He says we will not prosecute cases involving quality of life crimes.
1: See, again, you got to look how dangerous this is for police officers, mm-hmm. for the law enforcement uh, officers out on the streets. These things are still illegal. Like, they still have to do something about it. But how much more... You know, emblazoned are these are these people going to be once they know that? Okay, I might get arrested for it, but I know nothing's going to happen. I'm literally going to walk in and then walk right out when the DA dismisses the case. Right. I mean, it's you're just neutering uh, law enforcement. Yeah. I mean, rule of law does not matter in these places. Mm-hmm. It really does not. If if you want to make it to where there's actually a good case for decriminalizing prostitution, you know, as a libertarian, right, right. I've gone in those yes. gone yes. in that area before, but okay so fine go all the way through it and then make it law if that's what you want to do mm-hmm. but just going but as soon as you get elected talking about all the laws that you're just going to ignore that's so ridiculous
2: yeah. so again again just saying we're going to decriminalize all of these things but a guy eating a sandwich in the subway station or the bart station whatever let's give him a citation
1: absolutely ridiculous absolutely ridiculous
2: so stupid so stupid Uh, so, you know, we're talking about California and what a garbage place it is to live now. And uh, I don't want people from California. Don't send me hate mail. I love you guys. If, you know, you are obviously like-minded. Maybe you don't have a choice in the matter. I got it. I'm not saying you are all bad people. I'm just saying the state of California, the government has run your state into the ground. So I would hope that you would agree with me on this. Um, so what what's happening, Jason? I guess uh, there's a lot of California. Well, we know there's a mass exodus of California, but there's a lot of Californians. They're coming to Texas. They're moving. You know, they're they're venturing east. Um, a lot of them are ending up in Idaho. <laughs> yeah, I,
1: saw, I saw this story. It was actually from L.A. Times. So it's a, it's a it's an it's a journalist at L.A. Times and he's interviewing these people that are not too friendly to Californians and the way it reads is just hilarious. But basically they were picking up on a mayor race in, uh, in Boise, Idaho. And one of the candidates is literally his platform is go back to California. (laughs) (laughs) His platform was, he was like, this is in jest, but he was like, I want to build a $26 billion wall just to keep the Californians out of, out of the state. But it's hilarious. They, they, they started going through some of the, some of the uh, numbers and their population has doubled based off of the Californians that no come way. Into the state. And wow. I mean it's it is bad. You're seeing them come in droves. Yes. And they were the people in Boise were talking about how it, it had driven up home costs. So rent was a lot higher, uh housing costs were a lot higher. And I remember so I I'm you know, from Texas, but then when I was in the military, I met my wife in California and we lived in LA for Oh man, like 20 years. Ugh, I'm sorry to hear that. I know, it was awful. You literally feel like you're behind the Iron Curtain out there. But I remember like all of her family members and a lot of a lot of our friends. Like their goal was was to endure living there as long as possible to the to where they could pay off as much as their home because they bought their homes like back before the housing crisis. Yeah. So they were cheap. Yeah. So the, their goal was to to pay off as much as they could, sell it. For an insane amount of money, because real estate's insane out there, and then use that to move to places like Texas, you know, middle middle of the country type places, mm-hmm. like I guess Idaho as well, right? But they, they and they had it. They were like, yeah, we could buy a house, you know, and that'll be left, money left over to buy a little business, and then we can live life, and it'd be great. But they keep their insane political views. They don't realize the reason they have to flee exactly. the state is exactly. because. Of their politics, so frustrating. I don't, I don't understand the mindset in that. so this is so funny. I was at a liquor store the other day, and uh, the the guy actually, I felt so great. He carded me after I bought my uh, beer. Aww. And I was like, hey, he was just hey, trying yeah. to make you feel better. And uh, he he punched my phone number into uh, into like the little rewards program thing, uh-huh. and he goes six six one. He goes, where is that from? And I was like, Oh, it's like it's from California. <sighs> it's like right right around Los Angeles. And he goes, huh? Okay you know, and just kind of like yeah. nods a little bit and then goes back into doing his thing. And so I paid, I got the bag and I started walking out and I go, "You know what? One <laughs> sec. Um, just to explain this is the most Jason story I, ever. <laughs> was, oh my like, god. i was like, "Hang on a second. I was I was, like, I was in the military and got stationed out there, but I I'm from here. You don't need just to just so judge me, know. sir. Yeah. You don't need to judge, don't me, judge me. Okay?" <laughs> <laughs> I am so hilarious. <laughs> but no, it's like if, how many of these like uh what's uh Rob Francis O'Rourke, like how many signs have we seen from him in the DFW area? It's
2: insane. Insane. Well, I mean, him and in his, the, uh, there was a district that had Robert Francis O'Rourke signs all over it, a very well to do district in Dallas. And the avowed socialist, the Democratic Socialist, he ran, Colin Allred, he said, I am a Democratic Socialist. He won in that district they had they had beto signs and they had colin all red signs i remember driving through the neighborhood and i was like am i in the twilight zone right now i don't understand these mansions and they've got a freaking democratic socialist sign in their yard i'm like do do you guys do you understand how all of this works do you want to do you want to stay in your house or you, you're you just looking to like downgrade? Because you can get a real estate agent at realestateagentsitrust.com to help you if you just are looking to downgrade. <laughs> you don't have to throw your money away. You don't have to just set your money on fire by electing
1: a socialist. It's it's unreal to me. And it's like, I have I guess I've been back in Texas now for 10 years. And when we first moved over here 10 years ago, I didn't see all this crap.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There, there wasn't. I mean, I remember when the the first presidential election... After I moved here, I think was it was it was the Romney Obama election, and I didn't see there wasn't an overwhelming amount of like signage for Obama back then. I still saw a lot, right? But it wasn't overwhelming. Not like what we have now yeah. with people like Beto. Yeah, I mean that it's it's absolutely nuts. I remember one of my neighbors across the street.
2: They ha- always had they always put Obama signs out, and I never. I don't really like putting political signs out, but it's one of those like okay, well you're putting that one out, I'm gonna put mine out. And so I had to get a bunch of signs and put them out um, just to uh, to to combat that. Um, they had a, they had a Hillary sign out last election too, and I was like, oh, uh, uh-uh, uh, no, that is not going to stand. <laughs> I had a, uh, I had all sorts of signs in my yard after that. Uh, every everyone who came, if they were Republican, I was like, put your sign in my yard.
1: For that, for that election, for the Romney Obama, I had a Mitt Romney sign in my yard, and that was the only one. I'm very against political signage. I am too. I stay completely it's like, away from it. But then I was like, you know, what? I'm just going to put it out there. Yes. And so I put it out there the night of the election. Someone stole the uh, stole the sign out after Obama won. Uh
2: uh-uh. uh. I was
1: I was pissed. Uh uh-uh. uh. I was so pissed. I would be too. So in this last election, <laughs> I put a Trump, even though I didn't vote for Trump. Yeah. I put a Trump sign in my front yard with a, right next to another sign. That said, if you steal my sign, you're probably going to get shot at. Shut up! <laughs> Shut up! Wait, was this homemade? <laughs> oh, Did yeah. you like write it in Sharpie? It was Sharpie. It looked so <laughs> bad. It was so great. And I was just like that standing is there, so like Jason. I made sure and had the lights on all night long. You know, like yeah. downstairs, yeah, yeah, just yeah. so they're like, hmm. it was there the next morning though. They didn't so touch funny. it.
2: You could get a uh, one of those. I'm I'm sure that they have um, fake security cameras. So that you don't have to pay for all, like, if you don't actually have a security camera pointing into your front yard, I bet you, at like, there's a a store in DFW area called Spy Center that has all (laughs) sorts of spy stuff. I bet that they have that, that you could even put up, like, just right there so that people think that they're being filmed.
1: I love that you know just where the spice store is. I
2: do. Every time, every time we drive past it, my son says, "I want to go to the spice center. I want to go to the spice center." I'm like, "Son, it's not. It's not going to be fun for you. I promise." But um, no, I mean that's that just shows you the state of affairs here in this country. Although I will say, it is interesting that someone can run on go back to California. We don't want you here. Let's build a wall and keep Californians out. But if you say go back to Mexico, you're racist. Yeah. It's the same concept, right? It's the exact same concept. You're bringing your riffraff into my place. This is my place. I don't want your riffraff here. Go back to where you came from. You say it to Mexico, you're racist. You say it to California, you're just sane. It makes no sense. But, you know, you talk about the signs. I mean, I have been, I feel like I have, uh, I've turned over a new leaf Just based upon the fact that I feel brave enough to sometimes wear a red hat, my MAGA hat, out in public.
1: You wear a red MAGA hat out in public? Every
2: once in a while. (laughs) Like, but but I only start, I started at the airport because that was the only place that I felt comfortable. I was like, okay, well, there's security at the airport. Uh, Like what, like no one's going to want to get kicked off of their flight. You know, they're not going to start anything with me because they could get, blacklisted from flying and I just felt like the airport was the best place where I could feel safe wearing it. But other than that, I get kind of nervous. I wore it to Costco. I was, I didn't, at the airport, I got several people who gave me the quiet thumbs up. <laughs> they, they weren't going to be like, hey, I like your hat, but they'd be like, I like your hat yeah. and then give me the thumbs up. Um, Costco, I did not get any response whatsoever, negative or positive. But I keep waiting for someone to come try to start something with me.
1: What's funny is, yeah, you do feel like if you're a conservative or if you're a Trump supporter or whatever, you feel like, you know, just to be able to survive, you have to shop at Spy Center. Or the spy store. <laughs> exactly. Just to
2: stay incognito. Spy Center must be one of Trump's <laughs> biggest donors. They're like, yes, he's we keeping we us in business.
1: If we don't get approached by Spy Center and Golden Corral <laughs> to do their advertising going for it, I'm gonna be pissed. I think I forward. kinda I
2: messed up your Golden Corral,
1: so.
2: <laughs> No, I, I'm be I, like, swung. I swung f- back. We're fine. <laughs> Tackling the big issues here on the Steve Dace show. Sarah and Jason uh, is Golden Corral. Good food. Survey says no. Oh, come on. (laughs) Uh, So Miss Smarty Pants said my family just escaped from New York. I was embarrassed to have a New York plate, a license plate. But the but the leftists here in Texas look at me like I'm crazy for leaving. They need to go to New York. Exactly. They really do. Or Venezuela, (laughs) Cuba, All of these places that they think, oh, it's a good idea if we try the socialism. Yeah, I mean, maybe if you like eating cats and dogs in the street. (laughs) Otherwise, I think we're pretty good. I think we're pretty good here in Texas. Uh, Coming up, Texas Right to Life Communications Director Kim Schwartz on a case you don't want to (laughs) miss. back. I am Sarah Gonzalez filling in for Steve Dace with Jason Buttrell. Steve will be back with you tomorrow. I am sure he's greatly missed after having two of us for two (laughs) radio days in a row. So uh, Steve will be back with you tomorrow. I want to get to a really incredible story um, about a uh, baby, a nine-month-old baby, who is being affected by this draconian law that we have here in texas that is the 10-day rule the hospital's 10-day rule but um really quickly want to get to matthew from oklahoma who we had no idea matthew that you were waiting on hold this whole time i'm so sorry but you wanted to talk to us about the the bart station uh story with the man who got a citation for eating a sandwich what's up matthew
0: <laughs> yes no problem and thank you guys And jason first of all thank you for your service and sacrifice uh, for our country and your family Thanks, brother Sacrifice as well. One, that. one thing, looking at the video, and actually watched the news report first that I've seen from KBCW out of San Francisco, uh, they, they kind of showed a little different, more stuff to it, but the fact that there actually is a notice that's um, put up um, with all the different rules and things for the platform uh, that you're not, you're not supposed to do and do and those type of things, and no eating and no drinking is on there, um, and as part of the rules. And I think the reason they have it, and I don't, I'm not disputing the rule, is just because controlling, you know, the rat population and not having critters and stuff like that there. And I think that's that's the only reason for it. But he also was actually called there um, for originally an intoxicated lady that was drunk on the platform. Um, and he never did find her and just happened to be there and saw him eating and, and approached him. Um, and... And I, the officer to me was really calm. He wasn't trying to yeah. uh, to be rude or anything. And the thing is, I think the, I think we as um, as people that are trying to do good want to argue the law. Then, and that's not the time to do it. The right. time to, to argue the law is with the legislators or the people that made the rules. The the, the law enforcement is there just to uphold the law, and, and all we need to do is just do what they tell us to do and go on. And long as long as it ain't unconstitutional and crazy. Just do what they want us to do and and be kind and move on. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think this guy, if he had done that, everything would have been just fine. But the reason he arrested him was not for eating. He arrested him for resisting. And that's where it got him. And that's the whole deal.
2: Okay. Yeah. I I, I hear you. I hear you. Thank you so much, Matthew, for your call. Um, I, I hear you. I just... Oh, it just rubs me the wrong way, especially if he was called out there for something else. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, well, while I'm here, let me just bust someone.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Nobody. I, definitely you and I, we're not arguing the fact that this is not a ridiculous law. Right. It's absolutely. Right. Stupid. Right. And I get it
2: that it's posted. I'm not just dis- I, I know that they said on the video it's not posted anywhere. I, I understand that it's posted. I just still am like, do we not have better things to do? Yeah. You know, we're going to decriminalize like you guys pointed out. We're going to decriminalize crossing over illegally into the country we're going to decriminalize peeing all over the sidewalk we're going to decriminalize all these other things but eating a sandwich totally fine
1: if, you, if you're a civilian in some in some of these areas like and even there's there's a lot of law even beyond some, some of these areas but there's all every one of us could think of i don't agree with that law mm-hmm. I, I don't think there should be a law for that but that doesn't mean that when you're confronted after you break it knowing that it was a, a you know a violation that you argue about it I hear you you know and you re- and you resist the fact with the police officer that that is not the time that's when people get hurt yeah um, you know respect the law, law enforcement officers you know, they're, they're doing everything they can uh, but take your fight to the politicians that are enacting these laws mm-hmm. choose use that as your method to attack yeah go after them but this did one good thing probably this has put a lot of eyeballs mm-hmm. on how ridiculous it is. Hey, you never know. Maybe they'll start highlighting more of the ridiculous laws coming out of San Francisco, which is probably about 95 percent of the San Francisco <laughs> Constitution. <laughs>
2: Thanks a, a <laughs> lot. Thanks a lot, California Democrats. Uh, so want to switch to a story that really honestly should enrage everyone listening right now. If you have not heard, this is one of my one of my passions uh, is to draw awareness to this particular law here in Texas. I never and heard of
1: this before you brought this up. I think on the news and why?
2: Yeah, yeah. I've been on it because there have been way too many, way too many stories in the last several years um, about people affected by this law. Um, so there is a a Texas ten day rule here here over here in the state that basically says that a hospital administration board, so a hospital board can determine for any reason they choose, they don't have to, you know, use particular criteria to make this decision, that they can determine to pull the plug on a patient who is on life-saving equipment for whatever reason. Um, There have been, like I said, several, many, many high-profile cases affected by this particular law here in Texas. Um, But the latest one, is a baby named uh, Tinsley Lewis. Baby Tinsley Lewis has uh, congenital heart disease, and right now she is at Cook Children's Fort Worth Hospital, a children's hospital in Fort Worth. She is breathing with the assistance of a ventilator, but she is conscious. Um, I believe she is sedated, but you know, there's video of her on Texas Right to Life's website. She's just so sweet, adorable. She's conscious. She's alert. She has this, this ventilator in right now, And the hospital said, we're going to pull the plug Um, and wanted to pull the plug. Texas Right to Life. Thank God for this organization. They fought and fought and fought in the courts. Apparently, they've they've given they've given her a little bit more time. Um, But I wanted to bring on Kim Schwartz from Texas Right to Life, the, uh, the communications director, to tell us more about this case. Kim, hey, how are you?
3: Hey, good. Thank you for having me and for bringing light to this case.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, Kim, tell us, um, uh, t- first tell me, am I, am I accurately explaining the uh, the setup of this story? This is a baby who is, she's conscious, she's not brain dead, right?
3: Correct. And uh, so Tinsley's not brain dead, and the 10-day rule does not apply to brain dead patients. So every single 10-day case that you hear about is going to be on somebody who's not brain dead. Most of these patients are conscious and coherent, just like uh, the last three cases that we've had that have gone public. You've got baby Tinsley Lewis. You had um, Carolyn Jones in May, Mm -hmm. who was alert, Mm -hmm. and uh, she was a stroke victim. And then you had uh, Chris Dunn in 2015, who we had on video, lifting his hands in prayer, saying, please, I want to live. Um, but the hospital still had authority to pull the plug on him. So uh, the 10-day rule uh, affects all kinds of patients, but specifically for baby Tinsley, um, she's been on a ventilator for about the last two months when on October 31st, the hospital notified the mother that they were going to pull the plug against her will. And that's just a shocking, Mm. shocking revelation for any mom, especially when you're trying to care for your loved one in a hospital.
2: Yeah.
1: That yeah. seems kind of backwards, right? It seems like they have more of a case to pull the plug on someone that's brain dead, mm-hmm. right? This seems completely backwards. Like if someone is there conscious and there is hope for them to get better just because it goes past some stupid, arbitrary you know, time frame, that makes no sense to
2: me. Well, and Kim, can you tell us too? Because to, to Jason's point, they can give any reason that they want to. To, to say, no, we're not going to provide this this medical support anymore, was this actually for a, a medical reason or a non-medical reason that they invoked this 10-day rule?
3: Right. So the 10-day rule allows a hospital to withdraw treatment, life-sustaining treatment for any reason. A hospital committee can pull the plug on you for any reason, um, and it doesn't have to be a medical reason. For Kinsley's case, the hospital put it in writing that it was a non-medical reason, that this was their Uh, quality of life decision thinking, who would want to live like that? But the bottom line is that's not your decision Mm -hmm. as the hospital. Um, The parents are the ones that need to be the ones making these life and death uh, decisions, but uh, there's no rights for patients in a Texas hospital when it comes to this 10 day rule. They're not allowed to um, speak at the committee hearing, um, on their, they're not allowed to speak on their own behalf. They're not allowed to advocate for themselves, and they're not allowed to have a due process. There's no way um, that uh, the hospital, once the hospital sentences you to death through the 10-day rule, then that the, the decision is final. You don't get to appeal to anybody else except maybe the hospital's own internal committee what if, that made the decision.
1: Sorry to interrupt you. What if the family had outside funding and can take... The child or person somewhere else to get care somewhere else. Are they even barred from doing that? Uh,
3: Even for financial reasons, the hospital um, can withdraw life sustaining treatment. So let's rewind to the Carolyn Jones case this year in May. Um, We had raised money to move Carolyn to a different facility to pay for that treatment, and the hospital still said no. They still had the ability to uh, pull the plug. So even if you can pay, then you are still subject to this 10-day rule and the hospital has the authority over whether they'll pull the plug on you.
2: Right, because, and I mean, Kim, correct me if I'm wrong, because the hospital really, like, they would have to cooperate with your transition to another facility if this patient is on, you know, life support, which I think is an often misunderstood term, life support. But if the patient is on, you know, some sort of medical support that they have to have the hospital's, uh, cooperation in moving them—that's where the hospital is able to just kind of strong-arm them and say, "No, we're not going to cooperate in the transition." Is that accurate?
3: So there is some hope for if you can find a transfer facility, then the hospital will um, usually honor that. Okay. Uh, the problem is that you've got this ten-day window. So walk with this. Uh, walk through this with mm-hmm. me. You're an average Texan. You you don't have a law degree. You don't have a medical degree. You're just somebody who wakes up, goes to work, goes home, spends time with your family, usual thing. You've got your loved one in a hospital, and then the hospital tells you that you have 10 days to find another place uh, to get care. Otherwise, they're going to pull the plug. Now, let's look at these 10 days. They're not just business days. They are 10 days. Mm -hmm. So in Tinsley's case, four of these days included weekends. Wow. So now you're down to six days. Now, for an average Texan, it takes a couple days to grapple with the reality that this isn't even legal. Most people don't find out about the 10-day rule until it happens to them. Mm -hmm. So you have a couple days taken off to actually grapple with this. So now you're down to like maybe three days, maybe five days to try to navigate the legal, medical, and financial hurdles associated with trying to find a new facility this is impossible. I do this for a living in helping these families. And I don't think I could do that in
2: three days. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I mentioned earlier, uh, Tinsley, I guess, is safe until November 22nd. How? OK, but two questions. Number one, how did you guys how did you manage to, to do that? And number two, what happens after that?
3: Uh, The Lord has blessed us tremendously in Mm. Tinsley's case. Uh, There's no other way to explain it besides divine intervention. Um, We had a judge uh, who is in Tarrant County, and we um, decided to write up the lawsuit on Sunday. We didn't find out about this case until Saturday morning. So we had about a little over 24 hours to try to save this baby. So we drafted the temporary restraining order. We had a judge um, who was willing to take it over the weekend. Now, it's hard to get government to do anything, mm-hmm. but whenever you try to ask government to do something on a weekend, this really is divine intervention. Yeah. Um, but we did with this judge agreed to um, take our uh, our petition on Sunday. And um, luckily we got it just right in the nick of time, hours before the hospital was set to pull the plug.
0: Wow. Great job.
2: Yeah. So, so it's extended until November 22nd and then what, so what happens then?
3: So we'll have a hearing um, with the same judge on November 22nd uh, to decide whether um, Tinsley will have more time, whether the hospital um, will pull the plug So um, we're not in the clear yet. We've moved the ball down the field, which is great. Tinsley, um, I mean, our main goal was to save Tinsley um, from uh, being euthanized yesterday, and we did that. We're very, very thankful to everybody who called and contacted the hospital um, and contacted their legislators for help. Um, So we've moved the ball down the field, and uh, we saved Tinsley from being euthanized yesterday and so now until November 22nd, we're going to be looking for different uh, providers who can care for her. We're going to be um, hoping that the judge might give us more time. So it's all up in the air, but um, the fight is not over yet.
2: What can, uh, what can everyone out there who's listening to this and is equally appalled by it, what can they do to help? Is there something they can do to help, Kim?
3: The most important thing we need to do is to end this 10-day rule. Just a few months ago, we were having this exact same conversation, Sarah, and those are just the cases that have agreed to go public. We've had a lot of 10-day cases between May and now, and the families didn't want to go public, which is understandable. Mm -hmm. Um, We average about one or two cases a month, and those are just the people who call us. This could be happening all over Texas, um, and they don't know who to call for help. So we have to end the 10-day rule. If you're in Texas, please contact your state legislators. Ask them to urge Governor Abbott for a special session to end the 10-day rule. I can't imagine how many more patients are going to be subjected to this same thing that Tinsley has been subjected to before the next legislative session in 2021. And I don't want to know how many because that's going to be just horrifying. Yeah.
2: Yeah, um, I we're right there with you, Kim, and um, we just appreciate so much uh, what you and your organization are doing for all of these families. Who you know, like you said, these are these are average Texans. They don't they don't have law degrees, and they don't have a lot of money to spend on a bunch of you know legal uh, assistance. And we just we appreciate you guys fighting for these families' rights. So much. Um, so just thank you to you and your team for all that you do. And we will be, of course, following the story and doing everything that we can to spread the word and to help uh, baby Tinsley. So thank you so, so much, Kim. That's great. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks. Um, so, Jason, you know. Wow. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's hard to digest that a children's hospital, right, a children's hospital, this is a hospital that it's not just a regular hospital. And I'm not, I'm not saying that there should be a difference, but just stick with me. A children's hospital, you would think would be a little bit more sensitive to the fact that this is a nine-month-old baby who is alert. And maybe we shouldn't be making a snap judgment on whether or not we should euthanize her. I would expect to get a li- just a little bit more compassion from a children's hospital. Am I, am I, am I out of line for saying that?
1: You you no, know, you would think so. I mean, that's why people go into pedi- pediatrics to begin with, because they want to save children, not euthanize them, euthanize babies that are alert. That's what I don't understand about this story. And that's, uh, I probably didn't word the question right. But I can, I can see, like, if someone's brain dead in the hospital— I'm not saying this is good. I'm just saying like, I could see them saying, look, you understand the argument, right? Yeah. Like they, they, they could say, we don't have the funding to indefinitely support this person. That's, you know, legally dead. Mm-hmm. I, I can see them making that case, but that's not what the 10 day rule is. No. You could literally be sitting up in your bed, but because you're on a ventilator for over 10, uh, for over 10 days, they'll just kill you. Yep. That's insane. I don't understand how something like this becomes a law. And you, we talk about, you know, all the things that we were looking at, like the, or the Charlie Guard case back in the UK. We were all horrified. Alfie Evans. We were like, man, if I live there, I'd be I think I even said that I was like, man, if I live there, I'd be helping organize stuff out in the streets to try and get this kid out.
2: And I said, hey, Jason,
1: that's when you said that. I think that's when I first heard about this. And I was like, I, I don't. How does that even how, we're in Texas for crying out loud? How is Governor Abbott not already called a special session on his own? He's usually good about this kind of stuff.
2: He is. He is. I know. And, that, and that's, I love Governor Abbott. So I don't want to, I don't want to uh, really come down too hard on him. Maybe there's something, maybe he doesn't, I mean, I have to believe that he knows. You know what I mean? He can't just not know that all of this is going on. Um, so it's hard to understand why he wouldn't do something about it, especially when you're looking at a nine-month-old baby. Um, you know, I, I had been following this way back, Dating to uh, Chris Dunn, which Kim referenced, who was on camera. I remember it was right before it was before Christmas. And they said for, you know, for Christmas, please help us save Chris Dunn. And Chris was on camera begging, pleading with his hands. He put his hands together, pleading with the hospital to please not take him off of his support. Um, But it's just it's. It's unconscionable, honestly. And you know, it really, really pisses me off when I think about all of these people on the left who say, or who said, oh, you're not gonna have death panels. With, with, <laughs> with government-run medicine, you're not gonna have death panels. Really? Really. Because this is like the baby step to that. When you've got a hospital board, a hospital group of people who can make a decision for using whatever criteria they feel like to keep someone alive or not because i guarantee you the people who oh, i don't know don't have insurance that's factored into their decision yeah you can't tell me it's not maybe that's maybe that's why i would love to know if tinsley has insurance if tinsley's parents have insurance if tinsley is currently covered by insurance because they don't have to they don't even have to cite that they don't have to say yeah, they don't have insurance, and we don't feel like paying for it. They can just say whatever they want. And well, we don't we don't think her quality of life is great. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you are you her parents all of a sudden?
1: You think her quality gives of life you that is right? better dead? That's the most insane thing I've ever heard.
2: She. I mean, I saw a video of her. She wasn't like screaming, crying in pain or anything. So who are you to say that this baby doesn't have a, a right to survive? That her that her family that her parents don't have a right to look and see if there's available treatment for her.
1: That, that argument is the same that has almost diminished the population of Down syndrome kids in, in certain area, parts of the world because they, they, that's the same, same exact excuse they give mm-hmm. is that, oh, well, their quality of life won't be that great and there'll be a burden on their families. Shut up. Yeah. You gotta be kidding me. Like, and, I, this, and you talk about death panels. That's exactly what the people that crafted Obamacare was literally around yep. a system of death panels yep let me explain uh look up the uh complete live system um whenever you get a chance just google that in and look at their little graph that was how they were trying to describe on you know how quickly certain people were going to get care or if they were going to get care at all under a fully government-run mm-hmm. system so basically if you're really really young you got a lower shot of getting care so if there's a 20 year old then you won't. They'll get. They'll get care over the over the young person or the old person. Right.
2: So if you're really really young or really really old, right,
1: you're screwed. You're yeah, totally screwed. You have less value to the society. Mm-hmm. You know, air quoted as a whole.
2: I mean, also, you tell me, Jason, complete life system. Does does uh, does finances factor in? Do poor people? I mean, I would I would imagine that under these types of draconian laws, that hey, if you can't pay, that's directly or indirectly going to affect whether or not they determine you are valuable enough to keep alive, right? So I would think poor people would be affected by that as well.
1: I don't I don't remember if finances were included in that. I do remember gender and age were. Gender was weird because I was like, what difference does that make? But um, like we have a guy that works here that's mm-hmm. from the UK and he was telling us about how that plays out in the UK under their, uh, what's it called? NHS, mm-hmm. National Health System. He said that if you are a, you know, like a 40 to 50 year old guy that needed some kind of, and he he was in the military. So there was like a bunch of military like elements, but he was like, if, if there is a 21 year old female that wants the exact same operation, then you'll get knocked back in line and you probably won't get it. So he goes, anytime there's someone that's in that, you know, higher ranking in that Mm -hmm. complete live system, you'll continue to get knocked back. He's like, that's the reason that's. Primarily the reason why it's so slow yeah. in places like Canada, because they're going off that system.
2: Right. Right. Yeah. No, it's Ugh. it's I can't handle the insufferable people who are like, well, we But Canada has great care. But I have a, an uncle who went and got uh, his checkup when he had a cold and he <laughs> didn't have any problems. Yeah. Well, ask the guy with cancer who was on a waiting list for seven years to get in to see a specialist uh, because he's on socialized medicine. Ask him how he feels about it. Because, yeah, no, the healthy people who they don't have anything going wrong with them, they're not the people who are negatively affected by it. It's the people who actually need the care and aren't getting it. That's when it becomes a problem, guys. Uh, And, you know, they gave Sarah Palin all of this, all sorts of hell. For daring say that there are death panels, that there would be death panels if this, you know, came to fruition.
1: You, every time you call them out for the ultimate, like, where does this lead? They always call you a conspiracy theorist. Yeah. Like taking your guns away. Yep. Until you have a few presidential candidates running this year that say, no, well, yeah, we're going to take your guns away. <laughs> right. like, yeah, I guarantee you all the people around. i like, shh, don't say that out loud. Remember? Well,
2: don't you think that that's why uh, Robert Francis O'Rourke got the pushback that he did um, from you know, people like Chris Cuomo, when he would go on television and actually say, hell yeah, I want to take your guns. Yeah, we're going to yeah, we're gonna confiscate them. Yeah, American uh, murderers are going to b- bring in their weapons. Of course they are. What are you talking about? And Chris Cuomo was like, "Um, are you sure you want to say that? I don't think, at first I thought, wow, they're calling Beto out. And then I was like, no, I don't think they were calling him out. I think they were like, <laughs> stop talking. You're not you're not supposed to tell everyone that this is what we want. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> and I and I honestly think that that's a big part of why they kind of like flipped on him.
1: I had the audacity <laughs> to tell the truth. Yeah, cuz really he was the happen. media
2: darling until he went too far and they were like, "Yeah, we're supposed to keep this part a secret and you're kind of blowing up for the rest of us." So, we want to, we want to be more like Joy Behar who on national television said, uh, you know, you're we're not. We want you to get elected first, and then do all the secret things that you want to do. <laughs> Don't tell them you're going to confiscate their guns. Just wait and get elected, and then confiscate yeah. their guns. That's what they want. Yeah, that's what they want. Um, so for this this Tinsley Lewis case, <laughs> I was I've I found out about this over the weekend. Texas Right to Life um, sent out a, a presser that that I received, and I was on it, and it had you know the hospital administrator's name. And his phone number and his, I looked up his email and I just got to tell you, you don't want to be getting an email or a phone call from Sarah Gonzalez (laughs) on the weekend about this type of thing. You don't want to do it. All right. Because the voicemail, I, it was perfectly respectful, but you know, I had some questions. I had some questions, which by the way, I will say I'm still waiting for my return call. Mr. Davis. I'm still waiting for my return phone call um, to the voicemail that I left you about this particular uh, situation. And,
1: in fact, he doesn't even have to call you back on your phone if he doesn't want to. He can dial 888 900 3393. It's true. And we'll have a great conversation it's right true. now. It's
2: true. I would love to have a conversation. I just have some questions that I need answered. Uh, you know, just I, I feel like it's it's in the interest of the general public here in the state of Texas to know the answers to these questions. Funnily enough, I didn't get an email response either. <laughs> Isn't that crazy, Jason?
1: Yeah, I'm shocked. Utterly shocked.
2: I, I uh, yeah, I, um, I sent the, uh, the email. So I, I left a, well, I shouldn't say voicemail. I left a, a voice, a message. So they have a receptionist who transfers you to voicemail typically. But when I called, she said...
1: Um, Did you was... play angry music in the background? Like some Pantera or something like that as you were composing that?
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't. I should have, though. <laughs> that probably would be too much for me. I, I mean, I'm already at, like, level 100 before playing the angry music. That may be too much for people to handle. I don't know. But Do you know she, there's those
1: times in your life where you're like, there's a, you you hear your theme song in the background? Yes. That seems like that would be one of those times for yes, you. Yes, yes. You know, like-
2: oh, yes, yes. Well, and I was pissed off because I'm like, I'm trying to enjoy a nice night with my husband. And now this has been brought to my attention and I can't unsee it. I have to work on it now. You know what I mean? Like this is what I'm doing for the rest of the night now. Sorry, honey. Yeah. I was having a lot of fun with you. Love you. Got to take care of this now. Got to bust out the computer. <laughs> Got to work on this because there's no way in hell I'm letting this happen uh, without put, making as big a stink as I can to try and stop this. Um, but uh, the the operator at first, when I first called, was like, um... Mr. Davis's voicemail box is full right now. I'm like, yeah, I bet it is. I bet it is. I bet it is because uh, myself and a bunch of other people made sure that we spread the word on social media and retweeted the phone number to contact the administrator. So uh, yeah, have fun going through all those voicemails.
1: I have not seen this story or other like stories covered that much in the, in the media. Have you? No. I know the blaze did. I think you were the one that actually wrote the story right back in the day. Um, but I don't, yeah, you'd never say, I, I, so it makes me wonder if people are just, just uninformed on what it is. Yeah. I, I think, I, don't know.
2: I think so. I think so. And I think as a society, we've gotten so used to, um, we just trust doctors too much. Quite honestly, mm. we just let the, we're like, Oh, well, what, what medicine do you want me to take? Oh, okay, cool. No, I'm not going to look into it. I'll just, you told me to take it. So I'll take it. It's like, we've put doctors to this level of God that I I think no one wants to second guess
1: doctors. I don't know. Now imagine if the government is your doctor. Imagine how much worse it's going to. We already have this now. Yeah. Imagine how much worse it's going to get. There we go. He's going to talk us into break. Sanders, there he goes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Welcome back. Sarah Gonzalez and Jason Buttrell filling in for Steve Dace, who will be back with you tomorrow. We promised that we would get into Impeachment Gate. Impeachment Gate uh, is going on all this week. They are supposed to start having actual open hearings instead of all these closed door meetings. Now, um, Adam Schiff, Adam Schiff says that uh, he doesn't think, you know what? Originally he thought the whistleblower probably should testify. Now he meh we already have his testimony. We have his written stuff. He wrote a letter, okay? (laughs) That's that should just serve as his actual open to the public testimony. We don't even know anything about him, Jason.
1: That's yeah. fine. Very telling that they don't want anybody talking to him. I loved when uh, Republicans l- released their or issued their subpoenas or announced that they were going to issue their subpoenas uh he it was the whistleblower was one of them it was so good
2: was, did you you saw the list of names and of course my first thought was like okay well the democrats have to agree to this and none of they're not going to agree to any of these but it was still like ho, ho, wait until this goes to the senate if they take this and then we hear all these people speak oh yeah you don't want
1: that i can't imagine this was yeah i mean it, it was
2: like it was hunter
1: biden that was it that was the other one i was yeah thinking of, hunter yeah biden yeah no there's no Which, way they want any of this dirty laundry to get out Especially this whistleblower, like he—he he knows. I mean, they're going to get him on record whether he lies or says he's either going to have to lie or tell the truth yep. on whether he contacted Adam Schiff's office before he actually filed the claim. That's which, huge, right there.
2: Which all of the reports indicate that he did. Right.
1: Yeah. Well, he I, went.
2: He went. So like, how's he going to lie? I mean, I guess it, you know when you're a Democrat, you just. Why, whenever the hell you want, and yeah, no one you calls you out for it. it. No Most one calls you time. out for it.
1: But but not only that, but this whistleblower, he's been around since the get go. Like he was in, he was dealing directly with Ukraine, involved with how all of this USAID cash was going to all these various different groups, like the George Soros uh, uh, NGO in Ukraine that they were protecting so much. He was there from the beginning. I've been spent the past two weeks pouring through emails. Uh, looking through some of these people that are now testifying that have been in these closed-door sessions. They were all working together. Yeah. All of these people, along with this whistleblower, uh, Eric Chamella. Eric Chamella.
2: Eric Chamella.
1: Chamella. <laughs> yeah,
2: come at me, Facebook. Yeah, What are you going to do, delete this video? Yeah. Actually, I probably
1: will. <laughs> yeah, they will. <laughs> Don't do it, please. <laughs> exactly what they'll do. <laughs> but he was, there, he was there coordinating with them from the get-go. He was, he was there. All these, all these stooges were working then... Now the appearance is they're working now. And the appearance is that they're coordinating together, that they're all coordinating together to drive this one narrative. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like you said, this is all going to come out in the Senate. If I'm like, if I'm Mitch McConnell, I don't even know if I even take this case.
2: Uh, I know we talked about this on Friday, but I, that's hard for me. That's hard for me. I know you say Democrats are going to spin it however they want either way. Yeah, it, It's hard for me, though, because I, I want McConnell to be like, yeah, sure, we'll take this case on. These are all the people we want to talk to. We're going to have open door, you know, open to the public, uh, uh, basically jury, right? Uh, A court trial, basically. Mm -hmm. And all these facts are going to come out. And then you Democrats are going to have to answer for why you just completely character assassinated a man based off of your own cover up. You're going to have to explain that to the American public and then have all of it. Just the 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 climax happen. In October before the election. Yeah. That would be really, really
1: beautiful. Well, yeah, it would. I, and I'm, I'm still on the fence over, it's probably politically better for them to, for the Senate to accept the case and yeah. let it play through. And you're going to get a lot of information to come out. Either way, this is where I'm on the fence on it, because either way, it's going to get voted down. It's not going to go all the way through. And either way, like if it, go, if it goes to the Senate, gets voted down, the Democrats' argument will be, we all know he's guilty. You heard all the stuff we've been saying. And the Republicans blocked it. Now, right. what are they going to say if it's just never even brought the, the Senate refuses to even accept it in the first place? The exact same thing. Yeah. But I mean, but, but at least for right. the
2: independents, for the moderate Democrats, yeah. they can maybe feel better about if they wanted to maybe vote for Trump instead of all these other crazies on their in their party.
1: That's one politically. Yeah, it's probably a, a lot smarter because you. that's how I don't know how they're reacting. Like the, the people, that, the more moderates that could vote either way. You know, Republican or Democrat, I, I don't really know what this is doing for them. I don't know which direction the dial is blowing. I don't know if they're just appalled at this and they've yeah. made their mind up, or if they're appalled the other direction and they're like, I cannot believe they're coming after this guy so hard. Uh, so we're firmly on the other side. I, yeah. mean, I think at the end of the day, this is further polarizing the country for sure because everyone, regard even people that would never defend the president, they're now. Defending the president because they feel like they actually I mean, I think a lot of us at this network are probably in that same boat. I
2: didn't vote for the guy. Yeah, I didn't. I don't I don't want to say I didn't like him, but I didn't like the idea of this, you know, crass, brash guy who had no political experience coming in and becoming president of the United States. I didn't like his his past, uh, you know, the Democrats that he supported. I didn't like the policies that he supported. And now I'm like, you will not stop me from voting for this man this next election. You will not stop me. And yes, I'm going to defend him because what you guys are doing is wrong. That's how much of a 180 they've, it's like, they've almost, I, I almost want to say they've made us do that. Yeah, they have. If you're an Absolutely. objective person, you've got no other choice but to defend this man.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's disgusting. Yeah. So, I mean, in that vein, Nikki Haley, she uh, just came out with a, her. a, a I know. I know Nikki Haley twenty twenty four. Please, please make it happen. Uh, She's got a new memoir. Um, Is it actually out yet, Jason? No, it's not out yet. There's so, but it's. I guess it's been covered. Some the press got some early copies of it.
1: With all due respect, that's it's called.
2: With all due respect, uh, love you, Nikki. Can you send us us. send us an autographed book or something? I don't know. Just (laughs) suggesting. But she makes some really shocking claims in that memoir, Jason.
1: Yeah, this is this is insane. So this just came out. And I think The Washington Post was was the one that reported on it. But in the book, she talks about how uh, former Secretary of State Rex Tillerson and the former White House chief of staff, John Kelly, actually sought to recruit her and their little plans to subvert the president. I mean, this is nuts,
2: incredible.
1: Um, This is this is an actual quote from the book. She says, quote, Kelly and Tillerson confided to me that when they resisted the president, they weren't being insubordinate. They were just trying to save the country. It was their decisions, not the presidents, that were in the best interest of America. They said, I, "Wait a minute, Let's it's read, not your job. <laughs> it's not your job." Let me read, there you read that. It was their decisions, not the presidents, that were in the best interest of America. They said, the "No,
2: oh, no kidding. Oh, they, oh, they thought that they knew.
1: No, I mean." That That's insane uh, on <sighs> so many different levels, and I, literally, if you don't want the words deep state thrown around, you don't go engaging in crap like this. That is deep state. This is exactly that what the deep state is. That is deep state. And, you just, and just imagine all the people that are like, and Tillerson was the s- Secretary of State. So he had the entire State Department, I'm assuming, reporting directly to him, doing what Tillerson thought was the best for the country, mm-hmm. and not what the president was. Mm-hmm. I, I mean that kind of makes it more sense when you see all the people that are coming out and testifying against the president. Now they're all from the State Department and the diplomatic corps.
2: Exactly. I okay. So do you? Can we speculate for a second on do we do we have any idea yet who wrote that anonymous New York Times op-ed? Ooh. I, I, now that we hear this John about Telly John Kelly, Tillerson? yeah, that's why I'm like, oh, I think it was Tillerson. Which would be crazy because think back to when Trump um, picked Tillerson. No, Everyone trashed him because Trump picked him. And he doesn't have any experience. He's not going to know how to handle this. He can't do it. This is just Trump picking his buddies. And then Tillerson turns on him. And starts going with this like secret plan to undermine the president because they don't like his decisions. Yeah. It's insane.
1: I can't believe how a book was ever published and it was an anonymous book. So literally, we don't know if this person is a postman that works in somewhere in Georgia and just said, hey, I'm going to write up this complete fiction and send it off to a publisher. Maybe it'll get published. We, li- we don't know. No. How did this get... Th- how is this written? Makes no sense to me. It could be complete fiction. Until, I mean, I don't even... No one should even look at that thing unless finally the guy has the balls or the girl has the balls to come out and say, okay, fine, it was me. I wrote it because I had... Okay, fine. Then we can read it. Right. You could could still be lying about everything. But at least then there's a little bit more credibility. Yeah. But until then, I cannot even believe people are talking about this.
2: Or reporting it. (laughs) I I would say. I mean, like, people are only talking about it because you've got these crappy media outlets who are just foaming at the mouth to try to publish anything they can that's anti-Trump so they don't even vet any of this stuff. It's disgusting.
1: The media is... uh, I cannot believe the damage they've done to their profession. It's it's absolutely insane. Then, I, when we looked at that, when we were doing that last special that we did, our Ukraine 2 special, and there was a full section in there of just debunking what the media was saying about everything, I could not believe the things that I was seeing there. I mean, outright lies or omitting a completely different part of the story. Yeah. I mean, they are just, they're done. I, I don't know who you can trust outside... The uh, of us.
2: <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> you know the news and why it matters Monday through Friday 430 central 530 Eastern get a uh, promo code news get $10 off of any annual subscription just saying <laughs> I mean if you want news you can trust you can go to us just saying um, so <laughs> Jason we got to get to AOC
1: no we always got to get to AOC we can't
2: can't waste an opportunity to talk about um AOC who as we know it has endorsed Bernie Sanders which by the way kind of crazy the the squad has a little bit of a of a a, a rip because AOC and Ilan Omar and I believe Rashida Tlaib are have all endorsed Bernie Sanders Iona Presley, who is, as we like to say here at the Blaze, uh, the Ringo of the group, Iona Presley <laughs> has broken ranks with them, and she came out for Elizabeth Warren. Bold, bold, Iona. I think she's she's tired of being the Ringo. She wants to be the the, the Paul, and she's like, no, nah, this is my way. I this love is, it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to be the only one of my squad to come out and endorse Elizabeth Warren. I'm I'll- breaking ranks.
1: I love these champions of intersectionality. Ugh. You know these feminist, uh, you know torchbearers. They're they're endorsing over the woman that they could endorse a white male millionaire. Yeah, way to like really stick to your principles there. Yep.
0: Yep. <laughs> old,
2: old white, and not just old like old, old like
1: ancient, <laughs> like like, dinosaur old. If you go back to the videos of O'Byrne, like back from the seventies. He looks the same age. Yeah, he does. I think he was literally born he's l- at that age. <laughs> he's and looked that old for he's way too long. From birth. It's weird. It's weird, Bernie. <laughs> uh,
2: so AOC was out stumping with Bernie Sanders. And you know, it's it's just it's such a perfect representation of how AOC can take something so simple and just summed up nicely in just one sentence like hey you know what we don't like it when politicians lie to us and we deserve better it's easy right all right well leave it to aoc to make it into something way more complicated and just flat out weird watch and
0: so when you elect
2: a politician and then they let you down
3: it feels like rejection it feels like heartbreak it feels like betrayal Heartbreak. and it feels like I never want to love again. <laughs> That's what that feels I... like. What? And so I understand how that feels because I felt that way. But you? you know what happens when you say I never want to love again? Your
2: heart gets black what? and you turn angry what? and you get very anxious. Oh. <laughs> Can someone <laughs> check on her? Is she Okay. What the hell is she going through in her life that she jumps to that? You, you never want to love again. Who, I don't love any of the politicians out there. Let
1: me tell you. Who thinks of politics that seriously? Because some politicians said they were going to do something, but they didn't. Now I'm never going to love again. The whole world's over. Your
2: heart gets black and angry and anxious? I mean, honestly, should we check on her? Is she okay? You you never want to love again. What? (laughs) (laughs) That is the most AOC thing that I've ever heard in my life. Jumping from sometimes we don't like it when politicians don't do what we want them to, to... Just, you're just never going to love again.
1: But seriously, I, I think that she's speaking directly to, I think she's actually, I don't, I don't think she's being stupid there. I think she's yes, speaking to directly the, to those people. Like they, the,
2: it's their religion. It's it their religion.
1: They're the people that when Trump won, remember that one chick that was like sitting in the street just screaming at the top of her lungs <laughs> when they introduced him as president? Yes. I mean, that's those people. Like this literally, is my favorite. But my, uh, man, I, I hate to say this, but my daughter and the people that she runs around with, politics is such a big deal to them. They know. They really get emotionally involved in it. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? I know. The only thing I cared about at that age was like chasing girls and playing sports. It's sad to me. It's real. Well, it's really
2: sad to me, and I don't. I'm. I try not to be a parent shamer here. Is it social media or is it parental activism? I guess it, it. It couldn't be. I mean, well, you do work here, so is your daughter hearing a lot of what you're saying? Are you a bad parent? I would say yes. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But I mean really like are we exposing this? Are we exposing them to this too young? I guess there's really not a way around it if they're on social media because they're going to see it anyway.
1: I don't talk politics with my kids. Okay. At all. So I think that they're just which maybe is a bit bad thing? Maybe I screwed up a little bit on that? Maybe I should get a little more involved? I just didn't want that to be a part of their life.
2: No, but now that it is, it's almost like, okay, well, now I have to talk to them about that because I don't want them listening to what Joe Blow at school is saying.
1: I, don't, I, think, I think teachers are playing a lot bigger role in the brainwashing of kids in this. Uh, I had a family member where um, another one of my family members was saying that they were never uh, politically active or cared about this stuff until around like, their sophomore year in high school. And then all of a sudden their views got radically towards, went bent radically to the, towards the left. Yep. And then they went off to these leftist universities and then were pretty much lost forever after that. Their minds were made up. But it's straight up like there, there is a, you know, a generation of these kids that, you know, went to places like Columbia or NYU or, you know, pick your progressive school. Yeah. Which is pretty much every one of them now. Now they're school teachers teaching our kids the same views that they had. It's a great point. It really should be. I I don't know what the school board can do, but they really should somehow try to monitor that their, their teachers are not pushing their own ideology off on the kids.
2: I was just reading a, uh, a story that I think it was last week that there was a teacher who got in trouble, which I'm shocked. She got in trouble for this in this day and age, but she got in trouble because she told her students to um, do an exercise where They pretended like they were refugees, and they had to (laughs) they had to pack a backpack um, because Trump was gonna kick them out.
1: Oh, and make them go
2: back home to where they came.
1: Oh my gosh!
2: (laughs) Like, could you imagine, though, Jason? Hey, baby, what'd you do at school today? Well, today our teacher had us uh, do a drill where we pretended we were refugees <laughs> and we had to go back to where we came from because Trump was kicking us out. Like, how quickly would your phone, would your, would your fingers dial the school's phone number? Oh yo, like yeah. Did you just say oh yo? Oh yo. Oh yo. <laughs> yo, let me tell you something real quick. I would be on the phone so fast. I mean, I'm glad this the,
1: the teacher got in trouble, but I'm shocked. More people, more more parents really do need to take a stand when when these things happen. I think I think the I've been guilty of this as well. You you tend to just like oh screw it they're almost out of that school anyway Uh whatever I'll Uh just tell them that you know what what the real truth is you know once you know when I'm explaining this stuff but we, we, we it's it's gotten way too far. The only option in a lot of cases in a lot of areas now is just homeschool. Yeah. If you don't want them indoctrinated, you have to go to homeschool. Which
2: is very, very frustrating because not everyone can do that, you know? And I no, and I, and I hear, yeah. but I, I got criticized a a while back whenever I had a an interim where I had no other choice. I was a single mom and I couldn't afford to have my son in this private, I had him in a private Christian school that was private school, homeschool hybrid. So twice a week he went there, twice a week he was with me. I'm like as a single mom I can't afford it I got criticized so much just homeschool him I'm like how about I I either pay for him to live and eat or I homeschool him yeah we, I mean which do I pick here ugh so frustrating hey it's been fun we gotta go Jason
1: are you serious? yeah that it's time? already up oh it's already God. up
2: we gotta go it's been fun Steve Jace will be back with you tomorrow we are hashtag the fill-ins. <laughs>